There are three types of people when it comes to fishing. Which one are you? There are those who just don't like it. Do Do you want to quickly show your hand if you're one of those people? Oh dear, this might not go so well today then. No, it'll be all right. So that, that's one type of people when it comes to fishing. There's the, the second group of people who love fishing. We, we got those ones? Yes, yes, yes. And the third group of people are those who only like fishing when they're catching fish. Yeah, okay, we're, about, we're pretty evenly spread and that's what you'd expect. Those who don't like fishing, those who do like it, and those who only like it when they're catching fish. Now, I've been fishing all my life, long enough to collect up actually more fishing rods than this. This is just some of them. Um, I've been fishing all my life, and there are plenty of times when I've gone out and caught no fish. There were times when I was young where my dad and his mates, we would fish all night, sometimes even in the rain, and not catch a single thing. I can remember one or two times where we went out and we caught dozens of fish. Now, I know some people love going fishing, even if they don't catch fish. Being out in the fresh air, the challenge, the space, the thinking about it, I am not one of those people. I really like going fishing, but only when I catch fish. Now, John's Gospel ends with a fishing story. There's this night where the disciples catch nothing and then there's this extravagant catch. This is a true story, a true fishing story. John, the disciple, was there. He saw it, he experienced it and the difference between the no fish and the lots of fish? Did you notice what it was? The difference between the no fish and the lots of fish was the advice that came from the stranger who was standing on the shore. Have you ever been, one of you people who love fishing, what do you think of advice from a stranger when you're catching nothing? <laughs> well, the difference here is this stranger is not strange but it's Jesus. The difference here between no fish and lots of fish is Jesus. Jesus' appearance to his disciples that morning after his resurrection and this miraculous catch is a sign. It's a sign of what life looks like with Jesus. Now, right through John's Gospel, he's been getting us familiar with signs. Signs that point us to who Jesus is so that we might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in his name, by believing we may have life in his name. Do you remember some of the signs that we've come across in John's Gospel in our church Bibles? Uh, they're called miraculous signs. Do you want to wave at me and then call one out, some of the signs that we've seen? Resurrection of Lazarus. Thanks, Josh. Turning water into wine. You got one, Lucy? No? Okay, the man is blind, feeding, healing. Yeah, all of these 
things that Jesus did that we might call miracles, miraculous things, John is particular to write them down to say they are signs, that they point us to who Jesus is so that we might believe that He is the Christ Messiah and Son of God. Now for the disciples here at this fishing event, it is obvious to them that this is Jesus on the shore. It is obvious that this is Jesus who has prepared this meal for them on the beach. The sign that is here points them and us to what life with Jesus looks like. It is a life of extravagant mission. John chapter 21 is not here in his gospel as some kind of little after story to the resurrection. It's a real important finish. Here's what one writer says. A Christian gospel ends properly, not with the appearance of the risen Lord to his disciples and their belief in him, but with a confident statement that his mission to the world, undertaken at his command and under his authority, will be the means by which many are saved. What it's saying? Jesus' resurrection is not the end of the gospel story. John 21 catches us up in Jesus' mission with Jesus. Now, it's really important that we see that it's with Jesus because mission without Jesus is like fishing without catching fish. Without Jesus, the disciples cannot do his mission. They had known Jesus' message. They had seen the signs. They had believed, but they can't do it on their own. In their mission prep meeting, Jesus had said to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, Jesus had told his disciples that he was going away, but he is not absent because without Jesus they cannot do mission it's kind of seen here in in a little illustrative way that they cannot do fishing without Jesus but remember it was Jesus call to them to come and fish for people Jesus had described his kingdom was going to be like a great big catch without Jesus you and I will be ineffective in his mission. We can be really courageous in mission. We can be really hardworking in mission. We can give generously to mission. We can learn skills and techniques for warmly making Jesus known. But without dependence on Jesus, we're fishing all night with no fish. For us... The measure of our dependence on Jesus in mission is prayer. It's a wonderful, right and godly desire for our family and friends to believe in Jesus and and have their lives lined up with Him. There's nothing more important in life than making Jesus known. But without prayerful dependence on Jesus, we are fishing without fish. Jesus shows his disciples that with him there is an extravagant catch. We see this in the beach scene. 
they've caught 153 large fish, a miraculous, extravagant catch. We see this on the, in the feast that Jesus has prepared for his uh, disciples on the beach. This is a picture of mission with Jesus, not to go fishing and eat seafood, but Jesus has called his disciples to fish for people. He has taught them that the kingdom mission is an extravagant catch. He's expanded their minds to see that mission is to gather a great multitude from all the nations into a heavenly feast with Jesus. And so this sign for his disciples on the beach reinforces this in their mind so that they might get going in Jesus' mission. Now I think it's no coincidence that the book of Acts follows on from the book of John. Sometimes I think it's a little bit strange that John is in between Luke and Acts when Luke wrote Luke and Acts, it's kind of as a two-volume work, but we've got John plunged right in the middle. As I've been reading John chapter 21 over the last couple of weeks, in my Bible, the thing that obscures me being able to read it clearly are my notes from two years ago of preaching through Acts. But my headline post-it note for Acts, for the whole of the book of Acts, is really the application of John 21. I've written here in my margin, to press outward from the fringe is always sound policy, provided it's done with vigour and devotion. If you were with us a couple of years ago when we did Acts, the big theme was to reach out, to go out, out, out. As we talk about mission, a really obvious application is to reach out. As we've been doing the series in John's Gospel, each week I've been trying to come up with a life plan phrase. Like the coach of a a sporting team will have a phrase to help shape his team's strategy for that week, to contend with the opposition, to focus our game plan. We've been having a life plan each chapter from John's Gospel and the really obvious life plan for us in John chapter 21 is reach out when it comes to mission, to, to, to reach out, something that we know and something that we're doing. This week as I've been kind of reflecting on the last few weeks, I can see that we are doing reach out. We've been reaching out in love and generosity to provide Christmas hampers uh, to local families in need. We've provided more hampers this year than we ever have. Uh, we've, we've been reaching out uh, to the poor around the world, particularly through our tier Christmas um, uh, cards in the useful gift shop. Uh, we've been setting up things for the coming Christmas season so that we can reach out. We know this and we're doing this. As I've been thinking about that, looking backwards, I've also been looking forwards. And so reach out is not our life plan for today. As I'm looking ahead for us, as I'm looking ahead into the summer break, as I'm looking ahead to next year and the seasons and years to come, Here's my life plan specifically for us today. Prepare. 
prepare. Make this your summer life plan. Prepare. Lining our lives up with Jesus, lining our families up with Jesus, lining our church up with Jesus next year is going to be hard. I wish it wasn't, and I'm praying that it won't be. But it is looking like it will be hard. Next year will likely be the hardest year that we have ever experienced for living a life in the community round about us where we want to line our lives up with Jesus. Jesus has promised that following him will be hard. And as much as I can see what's ahead for us, next year we'll, we'll get a little bit harder. Summer, there's going to be a breather in politics. Uh, but there will be things coming next year that will make it a little bit harder to live as a Christian in the world, in the workplace, in family and as a church, to operate in our schools. There are decisions that will need to be made in our community about freedom for faith and freedom of speech and religious and sexual discrimination. There's all kinds of decisions that need to be made. But no matter what decision is made or is settled, it is going to be a little bit harder to keep your lining your life up with Jesus. There is not any decision that will be made that will make it easier. And so the best thing we can be doing over summer is to prepare. Not to prepare for a fight. Not to prepare to contend. But to prepare ourselves for lining our lives up with Jesus no matter what might come. Our summer series was going to be something a little bit radical, but in the last few days, our staff team thinking about it, we've changed our minds. We're going to do a series in the book of Colossians called Clearly Christ. There is nothing better that we can be doing in preparing ourselves for lining our lives up with Jesus to be really clear on who Jesus is and the place that he has in our lives. If you're around over summer, keep coming along uh, for that series or tune in uh, online. Read Colossians for yourself. But what you can be doing in your own life and in your homes is be praying. Pray for ourselves, pray for our church, pray for our community, pray for our leaders in our community and our governments that with whatever comes, Christians might keep lining our lives up with Jesus for his mission. He is with us. He has promised to be with us. And he will be. Working out his good plans and purposes in an extravagant mission so that he gets all the glory.